This is Jewish Board Talk with Sharif Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. Storm in a Bee Cup is the name of award-winning veteran actress Kate Normington's show, which is now on at the Theatre on the Square. The show is billed as an intimate evening with Kate, whose illustrious career in the world of entertainment has seen her appear both here and in London, and both on stage and TV. The show is directed by another award-winning actor and director, Russell Sevedia. And Russell joins me to tell me more. Russell, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Pleasure. Uh, Russell, I feel like the show, like my conversation with you is way long overdue. We shouldn't have, we should have chatted about all the things you've done and achieved before. Over 40 years, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot to catch up on. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but, but we'll get there, you know, rather late than never. And certainly um, yeah, quite right. time. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start off by asking you. Let's start off with a storm in a bee cup, though. As such an accomplished actor as yourself in the industry, is it very hard to direct another equally accomplished actor? I've known Kate for forty years. I've known her since we were kids, as it were, when we both were starting out in the industry. She's a little younger than me, but I've known her since she, since she started out in Nancy, which was uh, her first professional production, and we've been friends for a very long time. So. You know, we've spoken about working together for a very long time and a number of projects have come up which we were collaborating on and then didn't come together. And um, I've always said, you know, I really want her to do um, a show where she sings. That's what people know her for. And she's a very funny comedian. And she's, I mean, I call her a triple threat. She's a she's a, um, a dancer. She's an actress. She's a singer. And she does all of that equally brilliantly. And I think now that she's had a reasonably long career in theatre, both here and overseas, it felt like this is a really good time for her to do the show, her voice is at a really good place. Her career is at a good place. She's she's got a you know long history behind her now, and it just felt that this is a really good time to do this. So when she started talking about I want to do the show we've always spoken about, I bit her hand off. I went, this is what we've been waiting for. So sorry, it's a long way of saying it's no, it's not difficult. Certainly not difficult directing Kate because we have a, a shorthand to communication. Um, we know each other so well, and we both feel the same way artistically. So it's been a real collaborative process and a very rewarding one. Obviously, there is a lot of music and you have a music director. Um, how, how does something like this come together? Does Who starts? Who's, who says, okay, let's do, let's start. Kate, tell me what your Scottish mummy said to you when you were three that made you cry. Who <laughs> <laughs> like, brings what in? You know, Kate has worked with Rowan for quite a long time as a musical director. The two of them have done music before. And she obviously has a um, playlist of songs that she has done over the years. She obviously, a lot of the songs in the show come from musicals that she's been in. The majority of them do. Some of them are just songs she loves. um, And we put those in as well. So she came with a strong idea about the kind of song she wants to do. And um, Rowan obviously had a certain amount of input in that as well. So it was linking all of that. I sat with Kate for a number of weeks and we just spoke and I took notes. She has the most fabulous stories. There are more stories that aren't in there than are. And I put the script together based on interviews with her and discussions with her. So it was, was you know, before we started rehearsing, uh, you know, I've always said when we're doing something like this, the script needs to be right before you even start rehearsing. So when we were happy with what we had, we then started rehearsing. We knew, you know, we knew the dates we were going to be on. So it was collaborative in that it came from interviews. We knew roughly the numbers she was doing. We cut them down uh, and chose the ones that we felt were most suitable. 
there's a story about Gaynor Young in the show that's very specific. Song she sings for Gaynor is is very specific, and and it's a musical that Kate has been in before, so that works particularly well. Yeah, in discussions and writing the script and working together. I'm going to ask a question, but the listeners need to see the show to get the answer. You may not, Russell, disclose the answer <laughs> until uh, no. So I'm going to say: Is Kate Normington a Catholic? B lapsed Catholic? C half Jewish? Or four? Pretty Jewish. Now, we're not going to answer that question because Kate answers it in the show. So if you want an answer to that, you have to go and see the show. Of course, it's at the end of its running, um, Russell. So, but it's going to come back. Correct. Yes, we are, you know, the show's doing built-in audience really quickly. We're on for, unfortunately, a short run. We, um, we finish on Sunday. There's a matinee on Sunday that uh, we play through till then. And then we are talking about bringing it back this year. I don't have dates, but we, I'm sure we will be back. And also we're looking at a Cape Town run at the moment. We're just negotiating with some theatre management. So we'll probably go to Cape Town first and then come back. While we're on the topic of Jewish, okay, the Theatre in the Square has, I wouldn't say predominantly, but certainly a Jewish audience. To what extent do shows that are, they translate well into other different kinds of theatres and to different kinds of audiences? And to what extent do you as an actor-director try and um, identify your audience before and change things accordingly? Yeah, I think you're right about it having a, a predominantly Jewish audience. Or, you know, certainly um, in most of the shows I have done there over the past, Jewish audiences tend to be in the majority. It, it's, uh, I think it's a venue which sort of lends itself to that. I mean, at Santon, it's a very safe venue. People feel great about going out there. They don't worry about parking, all the stuff which um, I'm not suggesting that's specific to Jewish audiences, but um but in this case, it's a strong selling point. And, um, you know, Daphne being who she is and with her connections, she does have a strong Jewish following. It doesn't mean that one would think about not doing a show that has a, you know, a Jewish theme if it was the right show. This uh, particular show does have sort of a Jewish bent to it. You know, Kate isn't giving anything away, but Kate has, has married to, uh, she's married to a, a Jewish guy. And, uh, Practically every relationship she's ever had has been with Jewish men, which is quite funny. In this case, it works quite well, uh, being at this particular theatre. Would you change it for a different theatre? If you took this to a different theatre in a different location in Cape Town, where the audience may not be Jewish, would you change it? No, I don't think so. I think it stands entirely on its own. You know, we are looking at other venues at the moment which wouldn't have the same sort of makeup of audience. But uh, no, I don't think there'd be any reason to change it at all. That's very good because it is very beautiful. And what I will say, Russell, as well, is that um, I heard every single word that Kate sang. There were songs that she sang that I've known for many years that I had no idea what the words were until she sang them. I was like, wow, that is amazing. So, I mean, she is, she really is one of the, you know, forefront talents of this, of of our country. Yeah, she really is. I, I, I know a lot of people have mentioned um, they hadn't really thought about it. Um, exactly what you're saying, but people are saying they're so impressed with her breath control, for instance. I mean, she does these real kind of belting numbers, um, and she does a medley in between that Rowan uh, worked out, which is actually genius because it's about, I don't know, 21, 25 songs that just seamlessly link. And you think it sounds like you're listening to one and then you realize, that each line is from a different musical and each uh, phrase is from somewhere else. It's very cleverly worked and takes an enormous amount of breath control and, um, and phrasing to get through that. And 
You know, the trick is always, um, she always wanted to go during rehearsal, she wanted to just collapse on the floor. And both Rowan and I said, you never tell the audience, never show the audience how exhausting it is. It's got to look like it's just effortless. And I think she does make it that, but I, I think, you know, she literally lies down after that for a reason uh, because it's, it's so um, taxing. But, yeah. Russell, and this is a question to you. Um, and, uh, you know, you're welcome, obviously, to uh, talk generally about the, the theatrical world. But do you find that as actors and actresses, that there's one thing that defines you? I'm referencing here Brian Schummel when he's, you know, I said to him, oh my mm. gosh, I remember seeing you with a handful of keys. And he's like, People haven't moved on. I have. Is it? <laughs> does it happen to an actor that something defines you and you go on to do possibly better, more brilliant, but somehow you? It's not necessarily you can't overcome it, but you get stuck in it. Yeah, I think some people. I don't know whether it's a blessing or not, but I think you do get remembered for one thing or two things, and you go, "That's the guy from," or "That's the girl who did that." I, I think my advantage, or maybe that I'm more of a character actor, so I've got to play a lot of different kinds of roles. But yeah, there'd be. I mean, people do come up to you and say, "You're the guy," and you know, it'll be 20 years ago, "You're the guy from Fishing Fashion," or "I remember you from Zulu on my stoop," and you go, "Oh God, it was like 40 years, whatever it was." Uh, so you do stick in people's minds because of that um, and you might get identified with that over time I think that if you're a leading actor you know you tend to play the same kind of roles because you're like the leading guy or the, the femme fatale or whatever it is and then you as you get older that that description may change I don't think it's a bad thing I think uh, people know you for something that's uh, yeah that's good the only time I think it would be a bad thing, and it happened to a friend of mine who was an actor on Mubunga, but it wasn't a, he wasn't a very savoury character, and he went into yeah. a shopping mall and he was slapped. He was actually slapped. I know, that's terrible. I've actually heard that. Uh, I, I know a few people that it's happened to, um, people who play villains. People get so angry with them that they can't separate. Luckily, look, I've played a lot of very unsavoury characters. I've played, um, I mean, recently I did something on, on Legacy, which... Uh, I was a stalker and a, you know, just a really nasty piece of work. It was a sexual harassment story which just gets out of hand. Um, but I got a lot of people writing to me on Instagram saying, you know, thank you for, uh, thank you for, for highlighting the story or we really appreciate it or we know people have been through this. And then there'll be a sort of a, a writer saying, you're not really like that, are you? Or, uh, you know, if I bumped into you, I'd be worried about you. So I guess those sorts of roles, the villainous roles, uh, sometimes have that. The unintended consequence. But it also talks to the role that theatre has in our lives and how it touches people. I think that um, people are uh, kind of get caught up in these things. And uh, yeah, it, 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 I always go, you know, we're storytellers and we have the ability to touch lives. And I guess that is what we do. And uh, and people are moved or, or angered or find joy in it that's good you know we don't have time to even follow this train of thought but i said because as a society we need stories stories are what make us human in fact the arts make us human but particularly storytelling and um when you think how little is put into the arts um it kind of it's not proportional that's that's the word i'm looking mm. for you know when you think yeah. how much it is needed and how we how we need our stories and the stories of our past stories whatever stories how much they needed. Um, we don't have much, yeah. much time left, unfortunately, which means, of course, we're going to, now that we've connected, carry on this conversation. Yeah. Can we talk about Durban um, Beach Rescue? 
we, we can. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's it's, a, it's a, a title from the past, but yes. It's a title from the past, and um, I, I know it was a long time ago, but would you consider doing a follow-up? <laughs> Okay, so my involvement was that was obviously, uh, you know, I was I was the voice on it um, and, and did the episodes. Um, Bronwyn Berry was the producer, and Bronwyn um, is married to my very good friend Stephen Francis, who's the creator of Madam and Eve. Uh, we've been friends for years. They've moved back to America, and um, Bronwyn has gone on to get a, a she got an Emmy nomination for a, a thing she produced on Gilda Radner um, at last year's Emmys. So that's a very long answer to say Bronwyn is no longer around. So they did do two seasons. I only did the first one. So yeah, I, I was literally the voice of that. But, but it was a really interesting piece of work. But yeah, I don't think there's another one coming. Uh, I just I bring it up because, and I don't even know if anybody knows what I'm talking to, but I remember watching it at the time and thinking to do something like that again, to what extent, again, would it show us where we are as a country, where we are as, you know, how far have we come in terms of what, what it says about us as people? Look, I mean, all that, that reality stuff, um, it's not something I normally involve myself with at all, but it was a fascinating, it is a fascinating project. Russell, what are you getting involved in? What are you doing? What is, what is happening for you in the next few months? So I'm going back to acting. Um, I haven't been, I haven't done a theatre piece for the last almost three years since, since uh, so pre-COVID. Um, my last involvement is also at the Theatre on the Square in, in Odd Man Out. Um, but we're doing a, um, a really interesting piece of work. It's called um, If a Tree Falls. It's a project which has been around for, for many, many years. Um, it has funding now. It's, uh, it's kind of quite a dark story about... Um, a true story about a young Jewish girl who was um, who was killed by a falling tree, and it's an investigation into what happened and this happened in America. And uh, I get to play a couple of rabbis and uh, some newscasters using my Jewish roots, and I finally get a chance to do my my Jewish uh, New York um, rabbi accent. You know, they have a, a very specific uh, a very specific way of talking. It's uh, it's very much like that, and uh, it always amuses me that people who've never ever been to America uh, speak like that. So. Uh, yeah, so I get a chance to do that. Well, he's a, he's a New York rabbi. He's, uh, you know, he's that guy, Rabbi uh, uh, Kemalevsky or something. I can't remember his name though. Yeah, it's it's a really no, it's a really interesting. I'm kind of sending it up, and it's a, it's a really interesting project and quite a quite a moving piece of theatre. Um, as I said, Janice Honeyman's directing it. There's um, a, a very very strong cast, um, and I'm looking forward to doing it. That's going to be rehearsing in May and performing in June, and they're filming it. So it'll actually be a filmed piece of theatre, which will be. Sort of released as a theatre piece and a film as well later on. Wow, that sounds. That's, um, that's my media plan. Yeah, that's your media plan. Do you, do you love doing what you do? Can you imagine ever doing anything else? No, if I was a very good footballer, and um, I would, I would uh, play football for a living, but I, I wasn't ever that good. Um, so no, I can't. I, it's been, it's been so long. I don't know what else I do. I mean, I work as a casting director on, on Generations. That's. Uh, that's my sort of day job at the moment. I've been with them for a couple of years, which I really enjoy. But my first love is always going to be um, theatre and then and then film and, and television. Uh, so yes, I get a big thrill out of doing that. And so hopefully that continues. Likewise, I would like to invite you back again to talk about generations, because I think that's another topic that deserves sure. time in and of itself. So you know, just... It's been 30, 31 years on air, so it's a, it's a, it's a massive yeah. 
then yes, of course, be very happy. But in the meantime, thank you so much for joining me today. And also, yeah, good luck for the last of Storm and the last few shows of Storm in a Cup. Um, there is time still for people to see it. Uh, you can always contact the Theatre in the Square on their website or contact Daphne. And yeah, go and see it. It is a beautiful, beautiful yeah. piece of uh, performance. I'm very, yeah, I mean, thank you, thank you. I mean, it really is a piece I'm very proud of. It's it's a be- it really is a beautiful piece of theatre, and it's just it's such an uplifting um, day in the theatre as well. I, I would love people to, as they haven't seen it, please come and and tickets are comfy ticket as well, by the way. So yeah, comfy ticket. Thank you very much. That was Russell Sevilla, who is the director of Storm in a Bee Cup that is currently showing at the Theatre on the Square.